Welcome to the Orange Crest Community Church Podcast. Our hope is that this weekly podcast provides both encouragement and challenge as you move forward in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening. Well, today is uh, Palm Sunday, and Palm Sunday, we're a week from Easter. Palm Sunday marked Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem. Uh, when he entered into the holy city, people lined the streets and gave him a royal reception, and they they were laying palm branches down, honoring him as king. Uh, but by the end of the week, uh, he was betrayed, he was arrested, he was mocked, he was beaten, and then he was hung on a, a cross and crucified. Uh, this Friday night, uh, we gather here for good, a Good Friday service in this room, and we'll take the Lord's Supper service. Uh, and the Lord's Supper is a time where we remember Christ's sacrifice, and we give him thanks for how he offered up his life to purchase our freedom, our spiritual freedom, and to pay for our forgiveness. And so we just sort of come together, we say thanks, uh, and we also ask God to show us anything in our own lives that maybe we're holding back from him, or if there's sin that needs to be confessed, we use our Lord's Supper service, we separate it from our regular Sunday service, we do it in the evening. And so if you're a Christ follower, I'd invite you to come to that, and be thinking this week about how God would want you to prepare for uh, this memorial service on Good Friday, and then a few days after that will be Easter, where we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, his, his victory over sin and death. And so today what we're going to do is, briefly, we're going to wrap up this message series. We've been looking for the past few weeks at a series called Navigating the Tension. And there are issues in our world, hot topic issues, that really can divide us. Issues about how it basically... It's issues of opinion and preference and how those differences can divide people. They can divide uh, churches. They can divide friendship circles. They can divide families. And so we talked, we've been talking about how do we not let the differences on opinion divide us. Uh, there were issues in the Bible that were dividing people in the church. Uh, some people would, uh, there was the issues of, of meat eaters and vegetarians. And there's, there's certainly that's an issue that some people uh, in our day and age are, are, you might feel real strongly about your, your position on, on that. What about music preferences? You have a preference and others have a different preference. Sometimes that can be a real divisive thing. What about parenting practices or educational choices? Where do you put your kids? Do you put them in public school, private school, charter school, home school? There's, there's all these issues that are they're really gray areas, and by gray, what I mean is it's not a black and white issue. That's why we, we designed the cover we did, is that in the middle, between the black and white issues, the crystal clear issues in life, there's sort of a gray area. And where it's fuzzy, we can get uh, divided. And lines can be drawn, and, and that, that, that's not helpful if we don't know how to navigate that. And so a few people have asked me the question, what do I do if I need to talk about the gray areas, though? Uh, and so... If you have a concern, and this is really, if you've been coming through this series and you have a lingering question regarding what do I do about some area of opinion where I see it different than someone else and I really feel like I should speak up, I should say something because I'm concerned about something. And so again, if you've been coming the last couple of weeks, then this might be a question that's been raised. If, you're, if, you, if, if you haven't been coming the past few weeks, you can go on our website. We have all these messages if you want to check out uh, those and so a few thoughts, navigating conversations. These are not in your listening guide, 
But by the way, there's a little sheet you can follow along in this morning's message. But these are uh, just before we really launch into that. A few things on navigating conversations. When you need to navigate a difficult conversation, go one-on-one with people. Rather than dealing with things in a group setting, whenever you deal with things in a group, on matters of opinion and preference, it can be very divisive. Because people draw lines and take sides. So go one-on-one. That, that keeps it from getting painful and just hurtful. It keeps misunderstandings from develop. You have a better shot at success if you go one-on-one. Number two, root your concerns in Scripture. Root your concerns in Scripture. We can get real focused on, well, I just think that you should do it this way. I just think that, and we have our preferences and opinions, but if you'll root your concerns in Scripture, God's words, there's a verse, uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, which reads, All Scripture, meaning all the Bible, is God-breathed. It's inspired by God. It's God-breathed. And it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. What that means is the Bible is complete. It helps us with everything we need. And so if, if you're wrestling through a, an issue of opinion, root your concerns, root your thoughts in Scripture. If you want to have a conversation, start there. Start with Scripture so that you'll think more biblically about it as you're talking to people. Third thing is consider the prior question of trust. When you're navigating a difficult one-on-one conversation, ask yourself the question, do, do they know that I care about them? Have I built enough trust? Do I have trust with this person? You may have heard the, the phrase, people need to know how much you care before they, know, before they care about how much you know. And so you want to make sure that there's trust before you, uh, you speak into these more delicate issues. And then fourth, have the grace to give space. Ask God to give you a sense of the timing of bringing this issue up. Uh, is, is this the right time? Again, that's, that sort of is built on the trust question. Sometimes we just can wrestle with, with the thought of, can I just let this go? Do I really need to bring this up? And so uh, if you'd like to talk more about any of this and the previous messages, then uh, let me know. I, I'd love to sit and chat with you more through this. This morning what I want to do is talk about a unique assignment that Christ followers have in the world. Uh, we are called to represent Christ wherever we go. We looked at that point last week. We can experience a deep unity without requiring uniformity. Uh, last week's message was online, is online, but this week I want to talk about Christ's reputation. The Bible makes it clear, and this is the first point in the listening guide, that Jesus' reputation must be our number one concern. If you're a Christ follower, this is your number one concern. It's Jesus' reputation. When it comes to matters of opinion and preference, we're so tempted to push forward our our concerns first, but even before our concerns, our opinions is Jesus' reputation. Paul, an influential leader in the first century, he spoke about the need to remove all barriers that we can possibly put up. We need to remove all barriers so that we're able to share our lives and our faith with people without hindrances. Here's what he said specifically about his approach. This is, you see this uh, listening guide is at the top there, this passage. It'll be on the screens as well. Paul writes this, although I'm free from all people, I've made myself a slave for all people to win more of them. He, he, he enslaves himself in his preferences and his opinions. He reigns some things in and becomes subject. In, 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 he, he doesn't exercise all his freedoms, he's saying. In order to win more people to Christ, like share more of his faith with others, he... he 
he makes himself a slave. Verse 20, he writes this, I became Jewish for Jewish people. Now, his, the man who wrote this, Paul, his father and his mother were both, both Jewish. So that wouldn't have been hard for him because he was raised to live like a Jew, think like a Jewish uh, man. And so that wouldn't have been difficult for him to interact with, with others of Jewish descent. But then he goes on, he says, I became subject to Moses' teachings for those who are subject to those laws. I did this to win them, even though I'm not subject to Moses' teachings. What he's talking about there is that he was raised Jewish, but at a certain point, he became a Christian, and he, he, uh, his life took a whole different direction when he yielded his life to Christ. And he began to become a Christ follower. And his, but his ability to interact with people that were still following Jewish law and had not followed Christ he knew how to adjust to that. He knew how to interact with Jewish people still following Jewish law. And so he would adjust when he was with them. But then look at the next verse. Verse 21. I became like a person who does not have Moses' teachings for those who don't have those teachings. So he's saying to the Gentiles, to the non-Jews, I, I, I just would get around them and, and I knew how to interact with them. He said, I did this to win them even though I have God's teachings. Because I'm really subject to Christ's teachings, Paul wrote. Verse 22, he says, I became like a person weak in faith to win those who are weak in faith. I have become everything. I think this is the key part of this verse. I have become everything to everyone in order to save at least some of them. I do this all for the sake of the good news in order to share what it offers. Christ's reputation was primary for Paul. Paul's saying he's trying to remove all the barriers of cultural preference all the barriers of personal preferences. He didn't want to block anyone's view of Christ if he could, if he could avoid it. So he adapted his life in order to help more people to see and follow Christ for themselves. This is really what we aim to do here. We aim to create an environment as a church that gives people room to breathe as they consider uh, the claims of Christianity and investigate a relationship with, with Jesus Christ. What does it really mean to follow Christ? You see, religious environments can be stifling or they can be a breath of fresh air and so we we aim to be a breath of fresh air when people come and gather with us and are investigating we want to be gracious knowing there's people from all different backgrounds now we teach that jesus is the way to god but in 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 our instruction in our worship in our environments our small groups we really aim to be gracious and we bend and we flex to help others view jesus and get a clear view on him without having to look around the obstacles that we might be tempted to, to place before. We don't want to get in the way ourselves, is what Paul is saying. So I, I, I'm, I'll do whatever I He's saying, I'll do whatever I need to do to help people, more people come to know Jesus. And so, just like Paul, if you're a Christ follower, we should determine also not to block anyone's view of Christ. And remember this, that we are ambassadors first. We're ambassadors an ambassador is, is, here's a picture of an ambassador, a foreign ambassador. An ambassador is an accredited diplomat sent out by a country as its official representative to a different country, to a foreign country. Uh, this is sort of the picture you'd expect. The ambassador, you know, suit and tie, you want to represent your country well. When it comes to international affairs, you want to make sure you do a good job to represent your, your sending uh, country. Now, do you remember this? 
Here's a picture of Dennis Rodman in North Korea in 2013. Dennis Rodman was a, was a flashy, still a flashy, uh, a basketball player, basketball star, and he was really unpredictable in the courts and un- unpredictable in, in, in life in general. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, he went to North Korea in 2013, and you know, he got off the plane. He was wearing all sorts of, of T-shirts promoting different things, and he was sort of flashing his opinion on a bunch of issues while he was there and sporting different outfits. And, and you sort of expect that from Dennis Rodman. I mean, you tune in to watch Dennis Rodman play basketball because what's going to happen next? Now, when it comes to us, and you can, you can take Dennis off the screen, when it comes to us, we're ambassadors first. We always have a choice. Am I, gonna, am I going to represent my ideas, my opinions, my preferences? Or for the sake of Christ, will I be his ambassador and make sure everyone knows it's about him. So look at this passage of Scripture, breaking down what does it mean to be ambassadors first. Paul says he went to great lengths to reach out. Look at verse 13 here in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 13. Paul writes this. Because he, he's bending and flexing in his approach, but Paul writes this. Some people were really critical of Paul because he was flexible and he was adaptable. And Paul writes this. If we're out of our mind, basically in our approach... It is for the sake of God. If we're in our right mind, it is for you. Paul, Paul's flexible approach, it just seemed crazy to people. People ridiculed him. They, they criticized and attacked his, his ministry approach because he wasn't following the norm. He was willing to adjust his, his personal life and preferences. Now, you know who else took similar criticism for doing this? Jesus. Jesus attracted so much attention as he went from town to town, interacting with crowds. He would let afflicted people get up close to him. He would dine in the house of societal outcasts, all to reach people. And he was bringing life change, but he took a lot of criticism. In fact, look at how his family criticized Jesus. Look how similar to what Paul just wrote. It says at one point in Jesus' life, Then Jesus entered a house, and again a crowd gathered. So that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. All of these people wanted to be near Jesus. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him. For they said, he's out of his mind. (laughs) This is about Jesus. His own family saying, he's out of his mind. These same statements are being made about Paul. Paul's basically saying, look, people think I'm going crazy. Look at verse 13 in the New Living Translation. A little more of a contemporary uh, translation. If it seems we're crazy, Paul writes, it's to bring glory to God. Some of what God may prompt you to do in your life, as you be, if you choose to follow Christ and your life was going this way, and then all of a sudden everybody that knew you and the, the life you lived and they see you doing life this way, and all of a sudden you meet Jesus and your life begins to change and you do a, you do a 180 and, and you start going this way, people are going to think they're out of their mind. They're losing it. They're going crazy. That's what Paul's talking about. That's what Jesus, that, that was what was being said about Jesus. What it is is people are actually beginning to see Christ in you. And that, that, that actually is, that causes many people to, to begin to consider that for themselves. Paul's saying, look, go to great lengths to reach out. That's Jesus' way of doing it. Another thing Paul encourages is that we remain devoted to the message. Remain devoted to the message. Keep the main thing the main thing, Paul is saying. Look at verses 14 and 15. Paul writes this. For Christ's love 
compels us. The love of God in Christ is such a compelling force within a Christ follower to realize God loves you so much he sent his son to die for you, to give you a new life, a fresh start. That's such a compelling part of, of your reality now. Paul, Paul says, for Christ's love compels us because we're convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Christ followers live for Christ now. This began with Jesus' first disciples who saw him die and then saw him alive. Then God has protected that message for millennia, that Jesus is alive. And that's the message that we carry forward, that we want to pass on to other people. And some of us are just so convinced that he died and that he rose again and that because of that, we can't live life any longer just for ourselves. We live for him. That's what Paul is saying. So also, we, we, aim, we aim to see people as God sees them. Which is why Paul writes this, verses 16 and 17, he writes, So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. And then a real hopeful verse, verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. You know, our need for forgiveness is all of our common ground in this room. We've all sinned. We've all gone our own way in life. We've all fallen short of God's standards. We all need or need, needed God's forgiveness. So, so what we do is we look past the externals. We look past the barriers and the distinctions that divide us. And we aim to see what God sees, a, a group of people in need. God can take a life. God can transform a life into a new creation. And last, we accept our key assignment. As ambassadors first, if you're a Christ follower, you accept this assignment. Now look at this description of your assignment in verses 18 through 21. Paul writes of, of his life and his approach in, in ministry and his flexibility. He says, all of this is from God. The one who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Well, this word reconciled, what does that mean? Reconciled means you have two broken parts. They were previously together, but they're now broken, severed. To reconcile something means to take two broken parts and put them back together. And so God has reconciled the world to himself through Christ. And he's given us... For those of us who are Christ followers, he's given us that ministry, the ministry of reconciliation. Our, our, our role, our key assignment is to help people who are, who are separated from God to come to know him personally through, through relating to Jesus, Son of God. So it goes on, the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sin against them as he's committed to us the message of reconciliation. Verse 20. So we're therefore Christ ambassadors. It's as though God were making his appeal through us, through our lives. He makes the appeal to the world through our lives. And here's the, here's the part of it. Paul says, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That's the, that's the message we offer. God made him, Jesus, God made Jesus who had no sin to be sin for us. Jesus took on our sin on the cross. So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. 
Our key assignment, if you're a Christ follower, is to take the message of hope everywhere you go. The great exchange, this great exchange is available to, to people. God loves people, and he gives us an amazing offer. It's, it's a great exchange. It's your sin, your guilt, your shame. All of that can be exchanged for Christ's righteousness. God gives you the righteousness of his son Jesus in exchange for your guilt, your sin, your shame. It's, it's this amazing offer. If you've ever tried to barter with someone online, like OfferUp or Craigslist, if you try that anymore, uh, <laughs> uh, or any other kind of bartering opportunity or yard sale, whatever, when you barter, usually it's like, here, this tool for that tool. It's kind of similar value not always similar purpose, but similar value. Or this boat for that motorcycle, you know, or, or whatever. Or this truck for that car. With Christ, this is not an even exchange. God offers to trade his righteousness, the righteousness of Christ, for our sin. Something of immeasurable worth, the righteousness of Christ, for something completely broken and without hope. Our, our sinful lives. My life of sin was empty and it was taking me down fast. And, and what an amazing gift of grace. This exchange that God gives to us, if we'll admit, I'm, I, I need you, God. It's not working my way. I need you. What an amazing thing. We call it grace. Amazing grace. As we wrap up, I want to encourage you, uh, take action in some way. One, one possible thing to do is identify any barriers obstructing people's view of Christ. If there's something about our opinion, our preference on a matter of division in life, is there, is there any barrier you can just take down in order to help people see Christ? And just not promoting that big thing, that life that we've made life all about. And then number two, ne- jump into a pool to share Christ with others. This is what Jesus did. Not literally. <laughs> but metaphorically, he would jump in where the people were. If they were at the community pool, he'd jump in the pool and he'd, he'd, be, he'd be doing life with people. Where are the people at? In our world, in our communities, where are people at? For a lot of us, our pool is right here in our community. It's in the dugout. It's in the, it's in the lunchroom at work. It's, it's in a book club. It's in, it's in the classroom. It's at the gym. It's at, it's at the sport fields. It's on and on and on. You just think about where are the people at? Jump into the pool. Uh, next week is Easter. We're so excited to celebrate together and to host as many people who accept our invitations. We've been inviting a lot of folks. We've been encouraging people to invest and invite. And so some next steps to take this morning would be invest and invite someone in your life. If you haven't invited those you've been praying for, uh, take the time to invite them this week to come back to Easter Sunday or come to Easter Sunday. And there's a flyer, these flyers that were in the program Great way to do it. Just just got all the info. There's some fun things we're doing, some different things that we're doing this upcoming weekend. And now is the time for us to invite. And then second, uh, we've got these door hangers on the back table as you're leaving. We've got these in stacks of 50, and we've got 5,000 of them. We're hoping that by the end of today, 100 different individuals or family units would would pick up a stack and help us get 5,000 of these out by the end of today. Take about 30 minutes to pass out. Uh, 50 of these, they're door hangers, 
and they're of our blindsided Easter promotion. And so you can just pick a street or the street you live on or maybe just find an area and just we can scatter these throughout this area and just more opportunities for people to come and hear about the fact that Jesus rose from death and can give new life. And so uh, also pray for our service. If this is our second service, and I always look at our services as sort of teams that we work together. And so pray for your second service team for courage and for success in inviting people. Let's pray together as we as we close. Father, thank you for this time. We thank you for the fact that we are reminded in, in your word that it's really not about us. It's about you and exalting Christ and helping people know him, helping people see him and follow him. We pray, Father, that you'd use us in, the, in this room to work together to see more and more people uh, meet Jesus and have life and have hope, forgiveness, purpose, meaning in and through him. God, I pray that all of our Easter invites and flyers and door hangers and prayer and time with people would really amount in more people coming and hearing about uh, our risen Savior next Sunday. Lord, we thank you for this group that you've gathered. We thank you for all the people that are about to be baptized and to go public with this uh, commitment that they've recently made uh, to follow Christ. We pray that we'd celebrate and just rejoice with them in a few moments and, and that you'd use that, Lord, even to encourage us this morning. pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray you've been encouraged by the message and equipped to move forward in obedience to God's Word. Join us again next week for another Orange Crest Community Church podcast.